Welcome to Solar Tech Talk, where we nerd out about solar energy and energy storage. I'm Aaron Bingham, product manager with Baywa RE. And I'm Tierney Marsh, strategic account manager at Baywa RE. Tierney, how are you feeling? What's going on? Oh, Aaron, I'm on day 10 of COVID, and I have to say I got that COVID brain fog. I didn't realize oh, no. that this was as much of a thing. People keep telling me about it, and now I'm experiencing it firsthand. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel for you. <laughs> I had uh, had COVID a few months ago, and I think we recorded a podcast at that time, and I was really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. You did great. But now I'm like really feeling the empathy for you from from back then. So uh, yeah, so I think I'm gonna have to rely more heavily on you today because uh, because it's got me in a little bit of a brain funk. So. I got your back. So I still want to pick your brain about the things that you've been interested in that have been that have come up in the news recently. Um, what's what's jumping out at you? What should we be talking about? Yeah, attorney. Um, I saw a really interesting article. It was published by Utility Dive and it was written by Robert Walton. Mm -hmm. The title was a conservative approach to Texas grid operations could cost customers $1.5 billion this year. And what I found really, really interesting about the article is that it described a scenario where in Texas, essentially energy demand is at an all time high and ERCOT's pricing model currently focuses on demand response to address this growing need. So they're basically adding different sources of power, making that available to consumers at a, at a more expensive rate, mm -hmm. and then passing that added cost onto Texas consumers. And what we've seen over the course of 2022 is that these demand response charges have added somewhere between 210 and $385 million to Texas consumers' electricity bills in 2022 alone. Wow. Um, yeah, and we're not even done with the year, right? Mm -hmm. So th these charges will only continue to grow, especially as demand for electricity increases in Texas, which, you know, is what everybody expects to happen as we see continued electrification of homes and continued electrification of vehicle fleets and, and higher EV uh, ownership. We're just going to be using more power. And so right now, the, the way that the Texas grid is structured is so that that power is available to customers, but it's only available at an exorbitant cost that most customers probably can't keep up with. And I suspect that where this is going to lead is, is kind of a continuation of a conversation you and I have had a few times where utility rates are continuing to rise mm -hmm. and solar energy equipment costs while they're also increasing they're not increasing at the same rate and customers are you know continuing to look at their increasing utility bills wondering where that stops and look at paying a set amount for power for the next 25 years and they're and they're making they're making choices that usually involve some mix of solar energy in their in their home's electricity um, supply I think that's really true. I think we're going to see a lot more or it, definitely a spike in in demand for solar systems as people are starting to um, have to burden shoulder the burden of these costs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's it'll be interesting to see how the utilities develop new models to address scenarios where, you know, they're increasingly disincentivized from bringing on new sources of power, right, because either fuel costs are un unreliable or, or increasing, or they've got other long-term investment challenges like increasing interest rates that will drive down investment in new utility sources of power. And I think it'll shine the spotlight on 
rooftop solar and on other approaches to distributed generation that will allow our grid to be more flexible, to have more power generated at the site and used on demand. Yeah. And Aaron, I think you mentioned that there was another study that's of um, some microgrids that are going on in California. Um, maybe we can take a look and see how that kind of contrasts what California is doing versus what Texas is doing next. The article is called Storage Enabled Microgrid Projects Proliferate in California. And it focused on how the utilities in California are meeting the challenge in a different way, where they're looking at things like virtual power plants or other solutions that will allow smaller portions of the grid to operate more independently and be more resilient in scenarios where, you know, maybe the, the wider grid struggles to meet that demand in a, a reliable way. So it looks like SDG&E are focusing specifically in San Diego right now uh, around a couple of microgrid projects. So that should be really exciting. One of the things that I really like about microgrids is that it's specifically, you know, it's focused on generating and keeping electricity where it's used. So a lot of these projects are solar paired with storage. So what microgrids really allow you to do, you know, you have that paired generation with solar power and that storage aspect. So you really can um, be self-sustaining. One of the things that I find really interesting about that, especially in the California market where, you know, there's lots of concern around wildfires being sparked by transmission lines and that sorts of things is microgrids keep that electricity all in one space. So there's no, that kind of eliminates a lot of the, the concern that exists around utility infrastructure kind of interacting with the environment in that way. Yeah, which we're only going to see more and more of, right? I think we've talked before about the uh, utility power safety shutoffs that happen throughout California when the wind gets too strong and, mm -hmm. and utilities have concerns about lines going down for any reason. More recent In more recent history, they're very, very apt to just shut the power off to that entire region to avoid causing a wildfire because that's been such a difficult challenge for the state to, to contend with. So one of the key things that I really liked about this article is that they specifically highlighted that these microgrids are stemming from Governor Gavin Newsom's proclamation of a state of emergency that he issued last summer, where the directive there was to expedite clean energy products so that there is more reliability existing within the grid to support the state and its population moving forward. So, you know, that's looking like battery systems, that's looking like these microgrid projects. But another thing that's that's kind of challenging that right now, right, is the net energy metering battle that's happening in California. So maybe Aaron, you can give us a little bit of an update on that. Definitely, Tierney. On Tuesday, the 21st of June, CalSA organized a calling campaign and had participants reach out to the governor's office to express how they were feeling about the current proposed NEM3 policies. It sounds like the campaign was a real success, but there's still a need for folks to continue advocating with the governor and with other folks in California to make sure that every representative knows where we stand on this issue. So if you didn't get to reach out to Governor Gavin Newsom on the 21st, definitely consider reaching out to his office as soon as possible. You can go to CalSA's website. We'll link to a site in the show notes that will help you find more information and mm -hmm. a script to use when you're contacting the governor's office. Um, but we, we still need as many voices as possible on this topic out there in front of the governor and other public uh, representatives to make sure that the decision that ultimately gets made is a good one. I said it before, but you know what happened? 
happens in California does not stay in California. Even if you're located in Texas or Louisiana or wherever, um, please do take a moment, contact the governor's office in California. Um, this is an important issue that will impact you down the line if this gets passed. Yeah, California has a has a reputation as being a trendsetter, and this yep. is not a way in which we want them to start setting trends. <laughs> not so much. So, yeah, reach out, do what you can. Aaron, I want to jump into the real meat and potatoes, or if you're vegan, the cauliflower steak and potatoes <laughs> of our episode today. We talked to Iron Ridge. Yeah, it was really exciting to speak to the Iron Ridge team. We recently launched an expanded partnership with Iron Ridge. They're available through many of our branch locations and they're now on our web store. So we were excited to sit down with the Iron Ridge team and catch up with them to hear more about what they're up to. Well, we're here with some folks from Iron Ridge. We have Angie Fryer, who's the marketing director, and Ryan McClister, who's the senior territory manager for the Mountain Southwest. So we're gonna ask him some questions about what's going on over at Iron Ridge, and let's get the party started. Angie, Ryan, I'm gonna let you, whoever wants to take this one, take it away, but can you give us some history? Um, what should we know about Iron Ridge? What's, what's, what makes you guys tick? Yeah, um, so we've been around about 26 years now. We were founded back in 1996, and we were basically a machine shop in Willits, California. There was a gentleman named Craig Carney. He'd been uh, going around the world. He was a welder. He was a fabricator, and he worked on industrial scale oil rigs, commercial buildings. And so he ended up moving to Mendocino and a lot of local farmers were looking for ways to attach solar um, and use that use it on their farms. So that's when um, he started it. He had a company called Two C's, stood for Craig Carney, um, and he moved from the oil industry into the solar industry. So that was kind of uh, how we got our start. We were pretty scrappy. He was actually one of the first solar pioneers to lead the charge in working really closely with AHJs. So if you go back to the early 2000s, you know, mounting and grounding arrays was all new to these jurisdictions. And so he was discovering early on that if he built relationships with them and trained them about how the system was supposed to work, that that was going to really help make the industry flourish. He could remove one, one more barrier from that. And so one of the very first innovations he brought to the AHJs was the concept of integrated grounding. You know, we all take it for granted now, but back then it was a new concept. Yeah, nearly all racking companies have it now. Yeah, I, I remember the days of having to lug each module and... <laughs> You know, if, if you didn't know that that was going to be required, if you were doing your first install, which I've spoken with several installers who've learned the hard way, that could really be a painful process to go back and make sure you had in place so that you could pass the inspections and get the approvals needed to get PTO. That's right. That's right. You know, a lot of what Craig did um, still exists in our company DNA decades later. Right now, our product performance team, um, they continue to reach out to the HJs and communicate to them about what our updates are um, and keep their eyes peeled for what's happening, you know, uh, in the area of solar code and other credentials or listings that could be obtained. That's so smart. That's something that a lot of our installers, you know, everybody's kind of dealing with that. But by having a resource that's right at the ground level in terms of like knowing what the AHJs are doing and implementing that directly into the product line, that's that's really key to helping keep our installers processes going smoothly. Yeah. And like like Angie said, you know, Iron Ridge tries to work with the AHJs. I mean, that's 
kind of was in our, in our DNA from the beginning. And we still try to keep up with that. Um, one, one good example of that is our, um, our high velocity ratings in, in Florida. You know, we listened to the, the, the installers and the HAs there. And in, and in 2020, we were the uh, first solar racking to get that approval for the uh, 710 rating there in uh, Florida. And then we followed up with that when they went to 716. Um, we followed up with that and got the got the ratings uh, approved for 716 as well. So we try to keep up with the industry. As, as we all know on this call, it, it moves very fast. And uh, so it's a it's a full-time job from our support team to keep up with that. As, as you know, or may or may not know, uh, you know our, our motto is uh, make solar stronger. And it's not only just in the product, but, you know, keeping up with the resources and the, uh, the uh, intangibles of the market of just helping our, our install partners and our distributor partners with, uh, you know, with resources. Like you said, I mean, we have a, we have a full landing page on our, uh, on our website just for the uh, Florida certifications that our Florida installers and, and distributor partners can go to and pull those. So if an AHJ does have a question, they have it right there at their fingertips and aren't having to dig and all that. I mean, it's, it's right there of, of again, a whole landing page just for that. So it's just one example of how, how we work with the AHJs and try to keep up with the industry as fast paced as it is moving. So it, it, it can be a struggle, but we, but we try our best. It sounds like the Iron Ridge team places a, a very similar emphasis on best practice enablement through education of both, you know, AHJ personnel and of installers. A couple of years ago, um, Iron Ridge, as well as a couple of other companies were acquired by Estec. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that acquisition and how it changed your team? Well, a few years ago, um, Estec, they're one of the world's largest racking companies. They're based in the Netherlands. They were looking for strong U.S. brands and they purchased um, Ecofasten and then soon after Quick Mount PV. And then right after they purchased Iron Ridge. And because both Iron Ridge and Quickmount sell through distribution, they joined us up and both product lines are now supported under the Iron Ridge business unit. It's, it's been great. They're, they have a very similar approach, very focused on training, best practices. You know, their tagline was respect the roof. And so it was just a real um, easy partnership uh, to integrate their people and their products into, you know, the Iron Ridge structure. Yeah, you guys have done a wonderful job of folding them into the into the team. One of the first Iron Ridge products I remember running into was the XR fam the XR Rail family. Um, can you tell me a bit about that? How did that product come about? Yeah, Angie, I'll take that one. Um, yeah, the, the the XR product is the you know is you know how the company was founded. It's the, it's the backbone of of the uh, Iron Ridge you know portfolio. And really, what what gave it was the uh, was the shape the, the the belly shape that uh, that gives it its strength. And you know we came out with that. Year, years ago is like I said, one of, one of the first products and we've, we've built from there, right? I mean, the offering spans from not only just, uh, you know, residential, that it can be used on residential roofs, but, but ground mounts and uh, commercial jobs as well. And we offer um, three different SKUs in that rail of um, XR10, XR100 and XR1000s, depending on what area of the country you're going to put it in and what the application is. So yeah, the, the XR rail was, was our, our bread and butter and we're how we started. Uh, and actually, there's a funny story about that of uh, be before we were, you know, very sophisticated and had our own uh, satellite UL lab testing. We um, we did things a little differently back then. And um, yeah, I've heard uh, bits and pieces of the story, but I think you know it a little better than I do. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, t t tell the tell the Baywall folks a little bit about this, it's a it's a it's a pretty good story. 
I was still pretty new. Um, I've been a, around about six and a half years now, but we had a, a technical sales trainer named Dan Felix who had decades on the roof and a really big truck. And we were trying to describe just how strong the rails were uh, and the math wasn't working out. And he said, well, I'm just going to drive a pickup truck over our competitor's rails and see what happens. <laughs> so they just used like a little Chevy S10, you know, and it bent the other competitor's rails. And so then the next day he brought in his giant truck. It's, you know, a dually with the extended cab, drove over our XR100 and did not deform the rail. And that video was in play for a long time. I bet you could probably find it on YouTube if you looked around. Oh, I'm looking after this. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen it actually. It's good. Well, but, but that being said, I'm, I'm not sure if Dan still has that truck or not. And, and instead of relying on, uh, on trucks to do our testing, we went ahead and moved forward and, and became our own uh, UL satellite testing lab, which means, you know, any, anything we want to test, any products we want to test with our rail, we could do it on site and, and UL, UL allows us to do that because they come and check on our site periodically, you know, make sure we're you know, staying in compliance. And for that, we get to do our own internal testing um, and it becomes UL listed, right? So, so it, to do that, we, we control our own destiny on that, meaning we can control our own speed. As we talked about before, everyone on this, on this, on this video chat knows how quickly this industry is moving and, um, and, and you know, sometimes faster than we'd like. So, we, so now we have our, we are a, um, a satellite, UL, a, a UL satellite uh, testing lab. So we get to test our, our, all of our own products in-house and we, and we control our own destiny on that. A story about that with, with, with Baywa actually is uh, you guys brought, brought some, uh, some new mods to us, some new, some new modules, uh, a Meyer Burger module. You guys brought that to us. And uh, I think Angie was part of that with us of, of bringing that to our product performance team to let them know, hey, you know, how quickly who one of these modules, uh, you know, listed with the Iron Ridge racking system. Uh, it turns out uh, they, the product, our, the Iron Ridge product performance team was already working on that. Like, hey, nice. we're already, we're, we're, we already have that in the lab and uh, we'll have it by the end of the month. Awesome. So, which is, which is lightning speed if, uh, you know, when you're working with uh, getting things UL listed or any kind of certifying body. So again, we get to control our own destiny with that and it, and it allows us to keep up with the speed of the industry. Yeah. And I, I, I know that it's been a challenge for many racking manufacturers to keep up with the requirement to test each and every module so that you can have that system level rating there on the roof and having your own lab must really make that a lot easier, a lot more efficient for, for you and the team. It's very helpful, but, but it also helps again, help, helps our partners, um, as, as Baywa, you know, you guys were bringing these modules on and it helps our install partners as well. Right. It helps. Uh, and that's part of, again, always goes back to, you know, our is, is, is make solar stronger. And that's not only, not, that doesn't only go to product, but it goes to it industry wide to keep, you know, to keep, you know, our, our distributor partners and our installers, keeping them with the things that they need and, and the pace that they need to do that at. All part of walking the walk, huh? That's, that's, right. that's exactly right. So um, where do you get your ideas for new products? Actually, you know, a lot of our ideas, a lot of the best ideas uh, come from the people in the field, you know, the guys and gals that are on the roof every single day. I mean, that's where we get a lot of our, a lot of our feedback, a lot of our ideas that come. We, 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 cause, cause we do, we proactively, we go out and ask our install partners, you know, Hey, what, what do you think about this product? Or what do you, what, 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 what do you need? What would make your, you know, life better up here on the roof? I always laugh at people of just, you know, if it's us here chatting on a zoom meeting, you know, some of these products aren't so crucial, but if you're on a, on a roof at a, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon and it's over a hundred degrees, those little, those little, those little details make a big difference. 
Um, so yeah, so so we listened to our um, our install partners, and one of those was a uh, was one of the first uh, IG clamps we came out uh, came out with. It was a it was an idea an installer brought to us, and and also we have on our product performance team. Um, they used to in, uh, a lot of the guys on that team used to install on the field as well. So the collaboration between installers in the field and our product performance team, um, who, who still get on the roof today, um, we come out with some good ideas and, and and continue to do so. So one of those was our IG clamp that we came out with. Uh, it was first integrated clamp out on the market. And actually that's kind of morphed itself and turned itself into the, uh, the UFO clamp that we have out today that, that, our, that our customers know and love. It's made a big difference on the roof for our install partners. And it's one of the, one of the products that's just you know, turned into one of our flagship products. So yeah, something as simple as having a single wrench size for, for everything on the roof. It, it was just, I remember <laughs> hearing about that at uh, SPI a few years ago. Well, I guess quite a few years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, man, Iron Ridge, they, they are on it. They are doing really, really brilliant things over there. So that really caught my attention and just is indicative of that conversation that you say that your team is constantly having with installers in the field about how can we improve this product? How can we make, you know, our company, our team, our business, our product and our industry better. In line with that, what new products should our installers be on the lookout for? Um, so actually, we, we actually have a, a couple new products coming out. We, uh, one, one of the products is a, is a J-Box, which is a, um, a junction box for, for doing wire terminations. Um, or a transition box, and some people use those in combiner box as well. But we're coming out with that, and that's kind of a cl close to my heart because before joining Iron Ridge uh, a year ago, I came from a console um, system company where we, where we built J boxes and combiner boxes and transition boxes. So, so when I saw this product, I was very excited about it coming out. And, and of course, the the product development team did a did a great job on this product. It's a again, it's our new J box product that we're having. We'll have two SKUs with one's a One's a rail-mounted product, a rail-mounted J-Box, which would be great for the, the Phoenix area where they don't get into the, the roof, uh, the attic spaces a whole lot because of, for various reasons. Um, what, are, what are those being heat? Um, you know, when it's 110, 110 degrees, 120 degrees. 200 degrees in the attic. Sorry. You could only imagine what the attic is, right? So, um, so yeah, we have a, a rail-mounted SKU. And then for the, um, for the installers who like to do attic runs, we have a deck mounted skew. So we have both of those and uh, actually they're they're um, on our design tool as well and they are they are ready for the market. So yeah, that's one of the that's one of the new products we have coming out as as well as many other that are on our roadmap. We're we're always thinking ahead. We're always again talking to the installers and looking at a roadmap down, you know, one year, two years, five years of what we you know, what products do we want to bring out? So always always innovating. Yeah, I mean, speaking of always innovating, you briefly mentioned there your design tool. And if memory serves, I believe that Iron Ridge was the first or one of the first companies to have a design tool accessible to installers. Whose idea was that? How did that come about? So Craig Carney had been growing the business for a while and solar was maturing and he connected with some investors and many of them came from software and technology. They started hearing from installers that they really needed a calculator to help design projects and get bills of material more easily. Um, so they built the very first design assistant tool for pitched roof. And then, you know, we then released one for uh, flat roof, flat roof ballast, uh, ground mount, and quick mount had one for Q-Rail as well. So we now support five different design tools online. Wow, that's amazing. And kind of speak to the to the to the breadth of products that Iron Ridge offers to market in order to support installations of all kinds. 
Yeah, I mean, um, if installers haven't yet tried the design assistant tools, you might want to take a look at them. We're constantly improving them. We didn't just set it and forget it. There are updates that have come out every two to three weeks. Some are just little bug fixes. Others are completely new feature sets, uh, like a 3D layout. And then we're also integrating with other online partners to make it easier for solar installers to streamline their business operations. For example, right now, um, if you need uh, plan sets, you can click through to Green Lancer right out of DA, and we offer a really deep discount on those plan sets. And we're also integrated with Open Solar, and we are subsidizing that tool. So it's free to any Iron Ridge installer that wants to use that. And that helps them create proposals, manage the project, and make sure that they're getting the accurate engineering data and bill of material that um, our design assistant tool would provide. Yeah, those are great tools that are really helping installers strip some of the other costs, some of the other software seats and so forth that, you know, they were reliant on out of their business and, and reduce their overhead costs. So that's a that's a fantastic way to partner with with the installers in the market to make sure that, you know, they're able to plan with Iron Ridge to get the best installations possible. That's right. I mean, we can't control uh, the cost of aluminum or uh, a ship getting caught in the Suez Canal um, <laughs> and derailing the entire uh, logistics for the whole planet. Not so that that's do, happened recently. You know, um, but we can help control soft costs and where we can, we do that. We have a lot of empathy for what our installers, you know, face in a day, in a, in a week, trying to get the, these arrays out there. And so these tools are all, all free to customers? How, how do folks get access? Yeah. So just come to ironridge.com and you'll see uh, a resources button and you can get to any of the design tools there. Uh, you can get to Green Lancer through Design Assistant. But if you want to try just the, you know, the open solar experience for your proposals, it's integrated uh, in a reverse fashion to design assistant. So uh, that's where you would start your journey. We subsidize the cost of open solar, so it's free for installers. And Green Lancer does charge a nominal fee, but we've been able to negotiate uh, best pricing out there if you access it through the design assistant tool. Yeah, I've seen the open solar tool in particular. And, and if anyone you know listening hasn't checked that out for themselves, I really encourage you to go see what it can do for you and your business. Um, it, it's a it's a great proposal generator and it can help you kind of track deals through um, the process that every deal has to go through to get installed and get to PTO successfully. So it'll, it'll enable you and your team to stay on top of things and uh, make sure that you're communicating in a way that's clear and, and direct with your customers. So we're sitting here in June right now. We've got six months left to another tumultuous year on the solar coaster. Um, <laughs> what do you guys see as some of the biggest challenges for solar installers for the rest of the year? We've been doing a lot of research on this topic, speaking to a lot of our installers, and we think it's the labor shortage. Employment of uh, solar PV installers is projected to grow you know, around 50 to 60% by 2030. Um, and that's far faster than the average rate for other occupations. And, you know, you've probably felt that shortage of skilled labor when you're trying to hire or retain staff, whether they're installers on the rooftop, the people working in the office, especially if you want somebody that's got exposure to, you know, uh, the solar industry before you've hired them, or at least understand the concept, uh, the concepts there. I think the stat I saw, according to a manpower survey, said that 70% of employers were struggling to fill positions. And that's up from just 14% in 2010. 
So wow. um, that's, that's a big gap. And you, you can start mm-hmm. to see what happened after the real estate collapse in 2008. And the, a lot of people that were in the trades migrated on out of that industry and found other jobs and other careers. And that lack of people that have carpentry skills or electricians um, are comfortable on a ladder. There's, there's a lot to that. So we've been really focusing on how we can help backfill that. And cloning is not ethical or sanctioned. So the next best thing we can do. I'm thinking that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. That's probably for the best. And I don't think you all would let us use our labs for that. We set out to find where the, where the gaps were in the training arena. And it looked like no one had really tackled installer training. It's very, uh, product centric, which is fine. We all need to promote our products, but we wanted to help them understand the whole day in the life experience. And we had so many best practices that we had captured from our very experienced folks in the field. And so we built uh, an on-demand platform and we offer free training courses for installers. We're about to launch our first Spanish language course. Uh, It turns out 30 to 35% of the population, English is their second language. And uh, it can be hard to pick up technical information, especially when you have a lot of jargon uh, quickly. So we thought this might be another way to help installers keep their crews, you know, at top notch. And, and Angie, wouldn't when, when you say that was again, listening to our, listening to our installers again of, Hey, we, you know, the first one we came out with was, was, was English based and listening to our, our installers say, Hey, we, we, this is actually awesome, but we would love a Spanish speaking version as well. So you know, mm-hmm. we went to we went to work on that. So again, just one of those examples of listening to our to our customers and our installers. I, I could yeah. see that as being really beneficial, even to you know folks that are primarily English speakers, right? But they maybe have a lot of primarily Spanish speakers on their team, and they want to be able to communicate more easily yep. instead of doing Google Translate constantly. You could just watch one of the videos in Spanish if you have just a base layer understanding and get some of that language, some of those um, you know. Uh, vocabulary set up so that you're in a better position to communicate with your with your teams no matter who's on it who changes roles and all of that you you know you have those tools at your at your behest absolutely and then what we found was we wanted to share this curriculum widely we don't require anybody to create a profile or only use our product to access it. We wanted to share it far and wide uh, the unions started to pick it up and include it in their own curriculum so the electrical union, and the Carpenters Union are both adding a solar training component to their training. They have also seen that same need and that same lack and are trying to backfill that. So we're really happy. Um, we just had our 2000th student start one of our courses. Wow. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're really happy. And, you know, really the best part about it is it gives us something very portable that we can we can give back to the industry. So, for example... There's a, a Philly jobs program and we were able to give them the curriculum and material for their training routes. We recently did some work with uh, Hoseho Homes. Uh, they provide access to off-grid PV to Hopi and Navajo families with a low interest rate lease. Um, and so we've been able to train their trainers and, and give them the, the tools that we've crafted. Do, do well by doing good. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Um, I know that a lot of the families that live on reservations here in Arizona don't have access to electricity. So simply by like enabling the, these programs and, and kind of helping push this forward, you guys are making a huge impact. 
So we've talked quite a bit about some of the residential products that Iron Ridge offers. And I know that that was your bread and butter getting started as a company, but more recently, you guys have been making waves in the commercial sector as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about the products that you have on offer in that arena and how, do, how are they differentiated from what else um, installers are likely already using out there? Yeah, sure. No, no. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Aaron. Uh, yeah, our, our commercial product has uh, really uh, been taking off this, this year uh, in particular. Uh, and that being said, our XR platform is used on commercial products when it's a, uh, you know, metal roof, things like that. Sure. But we yeah. we wanted to have an offering or, you know, a flat roof attached, things like that. But we wanted to have the offering of a of a balloted system since a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, value in a balloted system, right? So um, so about two years, we about two years ago, right, right around when COVID started, um, about 2020, we, we came out with the, uh, with the BX ballasted system. So that's a, uh, that's a non-metallic ballasted tray. It's for flat roof applications. So it's an all non-metallic material. So it won't rust or corrode, super lightweight and uh, really easy to install. One of our really uh, value props there on that product is uh, we don't have to use windscreens and we can get away without having to do attachments a great deal of the time. Not all the time. I won't say all the time. If you're in California, if you're in some really high wind zones, you might have to do attachments. But but at, at a great deal of the time, we are able to design our BX systems and get our installers away from uh, from having to use attachments. And that's what they really like. Because once you start doing attachments, especially with these uh, installers, uh, a lot of times they have to contract a, uh, a roofing company to come do, to come flash in the attachments and put those in. So now you're talking extra costs for each attachment and then a possibility of it leaking down the road, you know, maybe a year from now, maybe 15 years from now. So they want to get away from that risk of putting attachments on and making holes in the roof. So the, so the BX system has, has met those, has met those needs and exceeded those needs actually. So, um, yeah, that product has been taking off very well. We have a team of engineers that work on nothing but doing plan sets for those. And we've actually partnered with a third-party engineering firm that does wet stance for those. And we actually have a promo on that BX product for anything over 40 KW. We will do a wet stamp for free. Wow. That's great. And save, so, save a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks, right? I, I mean, there you go. And, and, and as you know, in, in this, especially in this climate, it, it all adds up. Right. Yeah, so if you can absolutely. save a little bit here, a little bit there. And again, especially if we can save them on the labor of not having to put the attachments in, it, it all adds up to a big value and, and the labor savings of the time it takes to install. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the install time from our competitors is uh, significantly down with our BX product. So we're, we're really excited about it. And we're, uh, we're excited about next year for it as well, because we just see growth in that. To, to keep going. So yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah, I would expect so too. I mean, having that flexibility of using either the integrated ballast basket is a part of the design of the of the system, or being able to use something like the Iron Ridge flat roof attach uh, solution that allows you to do a, a, a penetration without actually having to penetrate the roof, so to speak, right? Because it, it allows you to cover up that penetration with the same TPO material or um, whatever right. material is used on the roof um, so that you can maintain all the warranties and not ever have to go back to that site <laughs> to deal with the leak because that is that is just that's Nobody a nightmare. Wants that. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So no, we're, we're really excited about our commercial offering and yeah, and, and what, it, what it offers to our installers and our distributor partners as well. You know, we, we want to have, you know, as many products for you to come to us um, that we can have basically want to have solutions for as many problems as you have or as many applications as you have. So that, that's our goal is to keep improving and, and keep getting more, you know, more and more products that fit more and more needs as the industry grows. So yeah, we're, we're, that, that's, a, that's an exciting feature we have in our uh, product line. 
Yeah, and it's it's great in terms of um, shipping as well, right? Because it packs down so yep. small. Yeah, ex ex yeah, exactly right. They they stack up kind of like a red solo cup, right? And we actually mm -hmm. even have some design features in our in our mold to make it where they won't hold together like a solo cup does, right? If you try and pull those together, sometimes they all stick together. We've actually we've actually designed things in our mold and in our product just to keep that from happening. So once again, and that's. That was feedback we got from our from our installers like, hey, you know, we don't like it that, you know, maybe your competitors, you know, you put try to get one and five stick together. So it's yeah. little things like that. Again, <laughs> again, kind of that kind of that hassle free. Right. That doesn't that doesn't do anything on the roof. It doesn't make it stronger on the roof, but it makes it less of a headache for our you know, installer crews. Again, when it's 100 degrees out on the roof and when it's, you know, and shoot on those commercial roofs could be more than that. Um, so, so yeah, it goes down to those little things, right? It's not always about, you know, how the product functions on the roof. Sometimes it's what can we do to, to help our installers make their day easier? Mm -hmm. There's little things like that that we put in there just to, yeah. Help, yeah, I'm actually our... thinking of, of those cold days, right? When when you have to take your gloves off to get a good enough grip <laughs> to pull them apart. That's that that's too. The, those are the days that I would hate. So that, that too. So so yeah, everything we, we, we want the job site to go smooth, right? We keep mm -hmm. that in mind of a uh, of we, we we want their day to go good and we don't want to be the cause of their day not going good. So we, we try everything we can to uh to eliminate those 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 hassles. You know, if I could just say one thing to our Iron Ridge installers, we are just so appreciative of their insights, their willingness to share back feedback. A week does not go by that I don't get an email with, you know, photos of an install, a thank you from them, ideas that they would love us to, to consider. Um, it's just a really generous community and a lot of very optimistic and hardworking people that are committed to making the world a better place. And I'm just so grateful I get to work with, with people like that in my career. Preach, Angie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. that is well, Ryan, Angie, that's about all the time we have, but it's been so fantastic catching up with you both and letting you uh, share a little bit more with us about Iron Ridge's history and uh, your, your current products. I, I've really loved learning about what's coming up. So I'm excited to see some of those products uh, hit the market and look forward to having you back to talk about those as soon as they're available. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, yeah, thank Sorry, you so man. much. We definitely want to definitely want to do this again sometime. So appreciate it. Yes. Man, it's so nice to catch up with Ryan and Angie. I have to say, I was really struck by Iron Ridge's commitment to, you know, going back to the installers and getting feedback and listening to what they have to say. I feel like that's something that we have a, a really strong parallel with, right? We're constantly, you know, connecting with our installers, making sure that we're understanding what they need from us. And I think it's so smart. You know, that's really how we, as an organization, as an industry, drive it forward is by listening to listening to the people who are using the products and then iterating on that. And I think that Iron Ridge has really taken that to heart. It's really exciting. Yeah, it really is. They, they've been so fantastic to work with, and I'm really looking forward to doing some great things with them as we get out there and start offering their systems to all of our customers. Yep. Well, that's it for our show. Aaron, thanks so much for nerding out with me for the past little bit. And uh, team, we will chat with you again next month. Yeah, fun as always, Tierney. I hope you're feeling better next time. I look forward to talking to you soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.